Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Avraham Shor. Meseches Moed Koton has been dedicated Le'iloi Nishmas, Peril Bas Reb Yehoshua Heshel HaKohen. Moed Koton daf Tezayin. The Gemara says, Amar Rav, Minolon de Meshadrin Shlicha de Beidina Umezamninen Leiladina. How do we know that the Bezdin sends a Shliach to summon the Baldin to come and be judged by the Bezdin? Now, there are two possible ways to understand what exactly Rabbah is being mechadish. According to the Nemuka Yosef over here, B'Shem the Ravid, and this is the way the Chedush Iran learns and the Me'iri as well, the Gemara is looking for a Makar that the Dayan is allowed to t- send a Shliach, meaning that the Dayan doesn't have to go himself and be Mazmin the person Ladin. Why would I have thought that the Dayan himself has to go? The Ran explains that I would have thought that perhaps by sending a Shliach, that shows a certain Gaiva, it's Yuhara, it shows a certain Hanhaga Surara, meaning that he's asserting his authority over the Tzibur too much. So we bring a Pasuk to show that he's allowed to send a Shliach. So you see, says the Nemukiyot, that the Dayan does not have to be Mizalzal himself and go be Mazmin the Baldin. However, the Ritva understands the Chiddush of the Gemara differently. He understands that we're not being Mechadish, that the Dayan is allowed to send a Shliach as opposed to having to come himself and be Mazmin the Baldin. Rather, what we're coming to be Mechadish is that the Baldin is not Mechuyiv to respond by coming to be Nidoin until the Bezdin sends a Shliach. And that is to say that even if the other Baldin comes to this Baldin and tells him the Bezdin wants you and he does it in front of Adim, he's still not Chayef to come. Until he receives a summons from the Bezdin themselves, and that could be via a Shliach, but it has to be from the Bezdin, it has to be the Shliach of Bezdin, the person is not Mechuyiv to show up. Now these two Pshatim are according to the Girsa that we have. There's a different Girsa in the Gemara and that is the Girsa of the Rush. He's Gairis Minolan de Kavinon Duchta Umishadrinon Shlicha de Beidina. How do we know that Bezdin is supposed to be Kaveya? They're supposed to establish a special place in which to stay, and from that place they send a Shliach of the Bezdin. The Karbanisanal understands the Kavonasa Rosh is that we're learning out that the Bezdin is supposed to stay where they are and they're not allowed to go by themselves. That would be considered a zilzal in the Bezdin. They're supposed to send a shliach. So whereas the Chdush and the Muki Yosef that we mentioned learn that the limud of the Gemara is that Bezdin is not mechuyiv to go on their own. They're allowed to send a shliach. And by sending a shliach that's not considered asserting their authority over the tzibur too much, the rush holds that this is the way they're mechuyiv to do it. They're not allowed to come by themselves because coming by themselves would be a zilzal in the Bezdin. Now the Gemara then has another ladina. How do we know that we're mazmin the person to din? Now the Bach has a problem with our girsa because we just asked before, how do we know that Mushadrinon, Shlicha de Beidina, Umizamnina, Leiladina? We included as part of our first question the fact that you're supposed to be Mazbin Him Ladin. So why is it we're now asking again, how do we know that you're Mazamnina Leiladina? So as a result of this, the Bach is Goyris like the Rush that we mentioned. The Rush says in the first child of the Gemara, he's Goyris, how do we know that we're Kavinon Duchta? How do we know that Bezdin stays in one place and sends a shliach from there? But we never talked about the fact that what the shliach does is he's mizamin the person Ladin. Perhaps there's some other message that the shliach has from the Bezdin. The first Kiddush was that the Bezdin 
is not supposed to go out of the Bezdin. They stay in their place and they want to tell somebody something. They send their shliach. And now the second child of the Gemara is that how do we know that Bezdin is Mizamen Ladin? Now, according to our Girsa, you have to say that the Gemara started out with the first Shaila and said, The Gemara at that point was not really bringing a Pusik for those two Dinim. The Gemara was only bringing a Pusik, which is a Pusik that shows that we're Meshadrin and Shlicha We opened up the question by first mentioning both Nikudas, both Dinim. But then we split it up. We first bring him a card that were Mishadrin and Shlicha, and then the Gemara goes back to the second point and asks Minola and Mizamnin and Ladina. Perhaps had we not said it that way, one wouldn't have understood exactly why is the Bezin sending a Shlich Bechlau. But it's only from the second Pasik that we see that Mizamnin and Ladina because the Gemara brings the Pasik, you and the whole Ada should appear in front of Hashem. Furthermore, it could be. That even though in the first Pasik it does say that Moshe sent Likoy Lodosim Vlaviram, which sounds like he was being Mazbin them, he was summoning them to come in front of Bezdin, the Gemara still has to bring the second Pasik to show that when you're Mazbin somebody, you can't just tell him, come to the Bezdin. You have to be Mazbin him Ladin. Part of the message has to be, I want you to come for the purpose of being Mizdayan, of being judged in front of the Bezdin. Now the Gemara continues and says, How do you know that when you're Mazbin the person to Din, you have to let him know that it's in front of so-and-so, who is a Gavar Rabbah in Adam Gadol, because Moshe told him you should be in front of Hashem. Now from this, the Muki Yosef, B'Shem the Raivet, understands that what was happening here was that Moshe Rabbeinu was the Shliach of Hashem. So when we say that, how do we know that you use a Shliach to Yemazmin, the person Ladin, the Dayan was HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe was the Shliach, and that's where the Gemara says, Lekami Gavar Rabbah, and it refers to Hashem. So earlier, when the Gemara brought the Pasik Vayishlach Moshe, Likroi Ladosim V'laviram, at that point, Moshe Rabbeinu was sending a message, and Moshe was the Dayan. But in this Pasik, at a later stage, Moshe was talking directly to Koyrach. Vayoymer Moshe al Koyrach, Atovach al He was telling them a message on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Atovach al Hashem. So that is how the Mukhi Yosef says, B'Shem derived. However, the Nemuki Yosef himself explains differently. He disagrees with the Ravitz Pshat. He understands that Moshe was not the Shliach on behalf of Hashem who was the Dayan. Rather, Moshe and HaKadosh Baruch Hu both were the Dayanim. And Moshe over here, as Dayan, was sending a Shliach. Who was the Shliach? He was sending Koirach to call the rest of the Ada and to come be Mizdayan Lufnei Hashem. And the limit of the Gemara is that when the Dayan sends the message through his Shliach, He's supposed to send a message that the Nidoin, the person, the Baldin, who's being judged, should come in front of the one who is the Mumcha of the Bezdin, the greatest one of the Bezdin, which, of course, in this case, meant HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Moshe, as one of the Dayanim, sent a message through Kairach to the rest of the Eida to come and be judged in front of Hashem, who is the Gadol of the Bezdin. So this is significant because according to the Namuki Yosef's Pshat, we see a Makar that even if one of the Dayanim is sending the message, that Dayan has to make sure to send a message to come in front of the greatest one of the Bezdin. Masha'enkein, according to the Ravitz Pshat, we don't necessarily see that you always have to be Mazbin that he should come in front of the greatest one of the Bezdin. 
Because according to the Ravitz Pshat, Moshe was not playing the role of Dayan. That we could prove that one of the Dayanim has to say, come in front of the greater one of the Dayanim. According to the way he's learning, the one who was sending the message was Kaviyach Hashem. Moshe was acting as his Shliach, and the Shliach just has to say, in front of Pliny who is a Dayan. It's possible that if a different Dayan would be sending the message, then the Shliach could say, come in front of that Dayan. Gavra Rabbah does not necessarily mean the Godoil of the Bezin, according to his Pshat. The Gemara goes on and says, At Uplanya, how do we know that the Nusach, when we're Mazbin, the person, Ladin, has to be you and your opponent, the other Baldin, and we have to single out who the other Baldin is, should come in front of the Bezdin. So that's how the Ritva learns. He says that from here you see that you have to let him know, you have to let the Nitva know, who is the Teveya. When you send a message to the defendant, you have to tell him who the plaintiff is. And the reason for that is, says the Ritva, that it's only fair to give the Nitva a chance to prepare himself for this Din Torah. Furthermore, it's possible that the Nitva can find a means to be Mephayes, the Teveya. He could go over to him and come to some sort of compromise and get him to withdraw his claim. Now, how much is it that we have to allow the defendant to prepare himself for the Din Torah? What our Gemara says explicitly is that we only have to be megalit to him who the plaintiff is. Who is the other Baldin who's being Tevehim Ladin? Do we have to tell him what his claim is? From the Lashon of the Ritva, it would be mashma that you do. Because the Ritva says not only do we have to give him a chance to go and be Mephayasim, he says also that he should be Yitain Eliboy Mashayoshad Loi Bedin. He has to figure out what it is that he can answer in the Din Torah. So he has to prepare himself. Now, if he doesn't know what the claim is, how can he prepare himself for the Din Torah? Now, this is actually a Machleikis Hapoiskim. In Chashemishvit Simen Yud Aleph, Sifkat and Aleph, the Shach brings down the Be'er Sheva. And the Be'er Sheva says that you do not have to be Megala to the Nitva what it is that the plaintiff is asking for. The Be'er Sheva is actually not talking about somebody who's being summoned to Bezdin on behalf of the Bezdin. He's actually talking about a case in which Ruvain comes to Shimon and says, I want you to be Be'er Dayanim together with me. And Shimon says, I will not go to a Dintar with you unless you tell me first what it is that your claim is. So the Be'er Sheva brings down from the Gemara in Perik Sabatim that says the Loshen that Ovid inish de le Which means that the derech is for a person outside Bezdin not to reveal his tainus because a person would rather that his opponent not know what it is that he's going to taina in the Bezdin. So based on that Gemara says the Be'er Sheva, you don't have to be Megala your tainus. So even when you ask the person to come to the Bezdin, you don't have to let him know what it is that you want to claim. However, the Shach disagrees with the Be'er Sheva. He says it's not true. The Gemara in Basra, in Perkas Abatim, from which the Be'er Sheva proves his point, says the Shach is not a raya. The Gemara over there is saying that if two people are having a discussion, they're conversing outside of Bezdin, and they're discussing the issue which they later go into Bezdin and have their Din Torah about. So Ruvain tainas something to Shimon, and Shimon does not respond with any response. Later on, while he's in the Bezdin, Shimon all of a sudden responds with this new response. So the Gemara says, is there a raya from the fact that earlier in their conversation, Shimon did not mention this taina? Why is it that in their conversation he didn't tell him the taina that he has? And later on in the Bezdin, all of a sudden he seems to have dreamt up a new taina. So do we have the right to say that there's something fishy about the taina that he's taining now? He must have now been mamtzied and he didn't think of it before. And that the Gemara says, no, of it in Anything that I don't have to say, I won't say. 
But that doesn't mean that in general, when you're Teveya, a person to Bezdin, you don't have to tell him what is the noise, what is the subject of the Dintaira. It may be true that you don't have to let him know all of the tainas that you're going to use. But he has to know what he's being summoned to din for. That is the shita of the shach. From the Igris Moshe, in Chilik Reshem Mishpat, Chilik Beisim and Vav. You see, he says, Befeirish, that Me'ekar Adin, we paskin like the shach. Over there, Moshe is Mechadish, that there are certain instances we do not have to tell the Nidoin, the Nitva, what it is that he has to come to Bezdin for. And that is in a case where we believe that there is no tzad that by telling him what he's coming for, things would change. Because since the whole reason why you have to tell him is like we said before, he has to be prepared, maybe go be Mephias him. If that all would be the same after telling him, and there's no suffix that things would change, then you don't have to megala what it is that he has to come to Bezdin for. The Gemara says, the Kavin and Zimna, how do we know that we're Kaveya a time? What that means is that we don't surprise the person and say, come right now to Bezdin. Even a day is enough time for him to be his tainus and be prepared for the court case. Zimna, Basar Zimna, how do we know that the person is supposed to be summoned more than once? If he doesn't come after the first summons, then we do it again. Now Rashi understands what we mean over here is, Karusham is a Lashen Shamta, that we put the person in Cherem if he doesn't come to Bezdin, but we only put him into Cherem when it was Hever Hamoyed, which is the second time that we asked them to come to Bezdin. And the Sefer Ben Ayo explains that the reason why this is mashma, that it's the second time, is because it says Hamoyed, and it doesn't say Hever Moyed. That's mashma a second time. The Rashash, on the other hand, understands that the Lushen Hevir has the connotation not only of passage of time, which would be mashma one time, rather it's mashma the passage of going from point A to point B in time. He says, just like Lashen Havara, when you refer to distance in Makim, it means to be over mimakim lamakim. So too, when you use the terminology ha'avara, when referring to time, it has to be from point A to point B. And therefore, it has to be that there was an original time that was set, and now it was passed from one point to the next point, which is the second time that was designated. The Ritva learns differently. The Ritva says that the story that happened was that a Baruch was mitzaveh, Nebuchadnezzar, to come and destroy Mitzrayim at a certain designated point. And then he didn't come, he didn't do it. And therefore, Parai and Mitzrayim were smechem, mavirin kol sha'in, that's described in the Pasik, since the Moyed has passed, meaning the time that was designated for them to be destroyed came and went. Nevertheless, says the Ritva, you see that it's not as if Hashem was mavatal l'shlichus. He did it again, because in the end, Nebuchadnezzar did come and destroy Mitzrayim. So you see that even though the person doesn't show up the first time, we still do it after that. Now, even though in our Gemara, it would seem that we only try twice. And after the person does not show up to Bezdin, the second time, we put him into Cherem. In the Gemara above a Kamat, it's mashma that we give him an extra time. The Gemara over there says that we're Kevea Azman for Yom Sheni B'Shabbos. Monday is the first day that Bezdin usually is operative during the week. If he doesn't come, then we are masbin him for the following Thursday. And if he doesn't come, then he, we are masbin him for the next Monday. After he doesn't show up the third time, then we put him into Cheyrim. And that's actually the Psak and the Shulchan Aruch. We give him three times. Even though our Gemara only seems to bring him a car for a second time, it's not really a steer, because all the Gemara says is that Minolan, that we're Kaveya Zimna Basar Zimna. 
How many times? The Gemara doesn't really say. So why is it that we decide to be marchiv this din to three times? We could say very simply. The whole reason why we give him another time is because we're toiler that perhaps the fact that he didn't show up to Bezdin wasn't an intentional thing. Maybe some sort of oinus came up. Now that's something we're willing to say once and we could say even a second time. After the third time though, we usually would say that there's a chazaka. Instead of assuming that an oinus happened each of the three times, it makes more sense to say that the person has a pattern that he doesn't show up to Bezdin when we send him a summons. And that is the mashmos of the Rishon over there in Bavakama. We could even go so far as to say that our Gemara, which only brings a Makar for a second time, could be holds like the Mandi Amr that betrays him the Havi Chazaka. There's a Machlaikis all over Shas between Rishim Gamliel and Rebbe, whether a Chazaka happens after three times or after two times. So if you paskin like Rebbe, then of course you would only send it twice. But since we paskin like Rishim Gamliel in most cases, so we send it a third time. Continues the Gemara. According to Rashi, what this means is that he was mecharef the shliach bezdin. He talked with chutzpah towards the shliach bezdin, and the shliach comes and tells us that he was mecharef me. He was mevazemi. He was mischatzef. He talked with chutzpah towards me. That is not considered lashon hara. Rashi and Xavyad, however, understands that what we're referring to is that he said his lashon of chutzpah towards the bezdin. He didn't say things of chutzpah to the shliach bezdin. He was mischatzef, and he said some derogatory comments about the bezdin in front of the shliach bezdin. And the truth is that from the Makar the Gemara brings, it would sound more like that shita because it says in the Gemara, which the Gemara over here seems to understand to mean that they were referring to Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. It is from this Gemara that the Chavetz Chaim in Klal Aleph, Sivkat and Aleph, Neber Mayim Chaim, proves that a person is not allowed to speak Lashon Hara about somebody else, even if it's the complete truth. Because you see over here that the only reason why it's mutter is because there's a special heter for the shliach bezdin, although it was the truth. And why indeed is it mutter to say Lashon Har in such a situation? Says the Ritva, because we have to make sure that people aren't mezalzal with bezdin. Now several Achrenim asked the Kasha that what's the Raya from the case of Kairach v'Adasai that the shliach is allowed to say over that which the person said to him if he was Mecharef, the Bezdin. Perhaps the reason why it was Mutter for the Shliach to repeat it over there is because the Yerushalmi in Peah, Perik Aleph Halacha Aleph, says Lahedya that it's Mutter to speak Lashon Hara on Bali Machloikis. So since they were Bali Machloikis, maybe that was the reason why it was Mutter to speak Lashon Hara about them. This Kasha is mentioned by the Gilead Nashas over there in Yerushalmi, B'Shem the Chsam Soifer, as well as in the Shas Tshuva's Yehuda Yala or Chaim Simresh Yud Gimel. The Gilean Hashas says a very big yisoy to answer the question. He says the heter that Yerushalmi says, that you're allowed to speak Lashon Hara on Bali Machloikis, is only if it has some sort of purpose in terms of minimizing the Machloikis. If the speaking of Lashon Hara is Latay Ellis, then you're allowed to speak Lashon Hara. But over here, without the special Chiddush that the Shlech Bezdin is allowed to go and report back to the Bezdin what the person says, we would not have allowed the Shlech Bezdin to speak Lashon Hara based on the fact that there were Bali Machloikis because this would not help necessarily to get rid of the Machloikis in any way. The Chazam Seifer says that the whole Hetter to speak Lashon Hara on a Baal Machloikis is only the first time to let everybody know that he's a Baal Machloikis. But to Stam speak Lashon Hara on a Baal Machloikis, you're not allowed to do. However, the Tertmima actually learns that the Yerushalmi 
that says that you're allowed to speak Lashon Hara on a Bamach Loikis is good for the reason for our Gemara. Because the person who's Mispaker Bebezdin is considered a Bamach Loikis. He's being Cholik on the Bezdin. So it's not like we're dealing with two separate Chedushim here. It's all one you said that you're allowed to speak Lashon Hara on a Bamach Loikis. The Ian Yaakov actually gives a very interesting teretz. He says that the Gemara's Haychacha, that the Shlich is allowed to repeat back the words of the Baldin to the Bezdin, even though it is Lashon Hara, is not from the fact that the Shlich actually repeated his words, because for that we can answer that you're allowed to talk Lashon Hara on Baal Machlaikis. The Raya is from the fact that Koirach told it to the Shliach, because we know that Koirach only told it to the Shliach because he wanted the Shliach to say it over to Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, Koirach himself did not consider himself a Baal and yet he was confident that the Shliach would go and repeat it back to Moshe Rabbeinu. The only way that it could have been confident is if the Din is that you could say over what the Baal Din said to the Bezdin. Continues the Gemara, How do we know that we're allowed to make a Shamta? Now, there's actually a Machlaikas over here, Machlaikas him. if what the Gemara means to say is, how do we know that we could put the person who's Misarev to come to the Bezdin in a Shamta, or that this is just a general Makar, that Bezdin has the power to put a Shamta on anybody who they see fit. The Ritva learns that we're talking about a person who's being Misarev and Minolan. How do we know that you could put him into a Shamta? And that's the way the Me'iri learns as well. However, the Rambam in Hilchah Sanhedrin, Perich of Dalit, Allah is mashba that this is Stam Amakar, that Bezdin can put a Shamta on a person when they see fit. Now there's also Machlech as we him what exactly a Shamta is. According to the Rambam in Hilchah Samatayrah, Perich Zayin, Allah Shamta is just this Lushen for Nidoy. However, the Ravid learns that you should not use the word Shamta when you're putting somebody into a Nidoy. Because he learns that there are three separate categories. There's Nidoy, there's Shamta, and there's Cheyrem. Nidoy has the regular Dine Harchaka that we learned about. A Shamta has an addition. We're Mekalel the person with a Klilas Moves. And in fact, that's where the word Shamta comes from. Shame Misa. The Gemara then says, the Hachi Svara de Gavr How do you know that you're supposed to say... Not only that we're putting you into a shamta, but you have to specify that this is the svara of the gavar rabbah. Now it seems that Rashi has the gear, sahachi svara de gavra planya. Not only do you have to make it clear that it's a gavar rabbah who wants him in a shamta, you have to actually say who it is, which gavar rabbah wanted to put him into the shamta. The Ran explains because if you don't say which gavar rabbah it was, then he doesn't know whether he should take you seriously or not. If he says the name of the Dayan that wanted to place the Shamt on him, then he could go to that Dayan. So the person really wouldn't lie about such a thing. But to say it without a name, it could be that the Shlich Bezdin made it up. How do we know that we put the person into a Cherem? The Ran, the Meiri, and the Muki Yosef explain that what this Gemara means is that if after twice the person didn't respond to a Nidoy, then we have to take a more extreme position, and we put him into a cheyrim. The difference between a cheyrim and a nidoy or a shamta is that with a cheyrim, he's usher to have any anah from all people except for the bare minimum of what he needs in order to live. The Gemara asks, Minola de mafkirinan lenichsei. How do we know that we're mafkir the nechasim? Rashi explains we're talking about being mafkir the nechasim, not necessarily of somebody who's in a nidoy. Rather, how do we know that Bezdin has the right to be mafkir the nechasim of somebody that doesn't listen to them? So when they see fit to do so, they allow to be mafkir as nechasim. The Gemara brings a pasik 
in Sefer Nechemia, the Chsiva Cholashala Yavid, the Shloishes Hayyama, Batsasa, Sarmaz, Kainim, Yachram Kol Ruchushay. This was not a story that happened when anybody was being put in it to Nidoy or a Cherem. What happened was that Ezra wanted people to divorce non Jewish women that they married. So he made an announcement that anybody who doesn't come to the gathering in Yerushalayim during the three day period that he gave them, which was set in order that they should get people to divorce their wives, will forfeit all of his property. Rashi says, This is the Makar in all places for the din of Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker. Now quite a few Achreinim ask on Rashi that if you look in the Gemara in Yevamis, the Gemara in Gitten, you'll see that more than one Pasuk is brought down as the Makar for Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker. There's a sheet of Rebbe Lazar who learns that the din of Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker from the Pasuk in Yeshua, Eila HaNachles, Yeshua Lazar, Yeshua Yisrael. You see that that's the Makar according to him that Chazal have the power over money, and they have the ability to be makna property to people. The Gemara Darshan from the fact that it says the word Rashi Avais in that Pasuk. Why does that say Rashi Avais? Loimerlach ma Avais, manchilen levneim, just like Avais have the ability to be manchil to their children, kol mashe yirtzu, af Rashim manchilen esam kol mashe yirtzu. So why is it that Rashi over here says that this is the Makar for Hefker Bez and Hefker all over? It's really a Machlaikis. Do we learn it out from the Pasuk of Yachim Kol Ruchushay or from the Pasuk of Eila Nachlis? So the Maritzchias answers that we really need both Psukim. Because he says the Iker Din of Hefker Bez and Hefker, which is that the Chacham have the Koyach to Mafkia Mamen. To take mammon away from a person and to make it hefker, which is the lashon hefker bez than hefker, that we learn out from this pasuk of Yacham Kol Ruchushay. But there's another dimension of hefker bez and hefker which you need the pasuk in Sefer Yeshua for, and that is that the chacham have the koyach to mezakeh somebody with mammon. Even after we know that it's hefker, how do we know that you could make it into somebody's? Give a person bailus. You could be mafkia bailus, but how do you know you could create bailus? That we learn from the pasuk of Eila Hanachlis. And that is actually the Shita of the Yamshel Shloimer in Yevamis Perak Yud Simon Yudtes, who also understands that from the Pasuk of Yacham Korachushay, all you have the right to be Mechadish is that Bezin has the Koyach to be Mafkia moment. And from the Pasuk of Eila Nachlis, you see that Bezin could be Machna moment. However, the way the Yamshel Shloimer understands is that it's really a machlaikis between the two Mandiyamrim in the Gemara over there in Yavamas and in Gitten. Meaning that the Mandiyamra who learns it out from the Pasik of Yacham Koruchushai, he holds that all Bezdin has the Koyach to do is to be Mafkia Mamun, but not to be Makna. Nashenki the Mandiyamra who learns it out from the Pasik of Eila Nachlis or Belazar, Bezdin has the Koyach even to be Makna. The Rajba in Gitten, Daflamid Vav, also learns that it's a machlaikis between the two Shitas. The Levush in the Ir Shushan Simon Samach Zayin, Sif Aleph and Sif Vav, says a very surprising thing. He says that if you learn out Hefker Bez and Hefker from the Pasuk of Elah Nachlis, like Rabbi Lazar, then Hefker Bez and Hefker is a Din Torah. He says the Elah Nachlis is B'Torah Ksiv. Meaning that he's understanding that the Machleik is between the two Shittas. Whether you learn out the different Hefker Bez and Hefker from the Pasuk in Sefer Nechemya, which is Yachim Koruchushe, our Pasuk, or you learn out from the Pasuk of Elah Nachlis, is really a machlekes as to whether Hefker Bezen Hefker is a Din Da'iraisa or not. If you learn it out from the Pusik in Sefer Nechemya, then it can't be a Din Da'iraisa because we have a Klal, Divrei Torah, Medivrei Kabbalah, Le'alfina. But if you learn it out from the Pusik of Elah Nachlis, then it's a Din Torah. The Hagoyis of Rabbi Tzal Ranshburg 
in Git and Daflam of Vavmebez brings down this Lavush and he says it's a Pelop. Bitzaruch Ian. The ain's a Posak Torah. Kim be Yeshua. This is a Posak in Sefer Yeshua. So how could you say that it's a Din Torah because it's a Posak in the Torah? So how in the world could we be Miyashiv this Lavush? So perhaps we could say as follows. The fact that we use the terminology when we discuss the din, that you can't learn out dinim da'iraisa from what's written in Navi. We use the terminology divrei Torah, medivrei Kabbalah, lo'yalfinan. Where do those terms come from? So then it says that there's a Rashi in Chulun, that says the following. He says, Torah's Moshe, Kuruya Torah, Lefisha Nitna Torah, Ledoiris. Torah's Moshe is referred to as Torah because it was given for all generations. V'shal neviyim loikari ele kabbalah shekiblu meruach ha-kodesh kol nevuah unavuah lefitzorich ha-shav ha-dor v'ha-maiseh. The Lashen Torah means hayrah, teaching us how things should be. That teaching goes l'doyres. But kabbalah is the term used for neviyim because neviyim is not something that was given l'doyres. It was only for that particular dor. Each nevuah lefitzorich ha-shav ha-dor v'ha-maiseh. Lefize would make a lot of sense that the reason why Divrei Torah, Midivrei Kabbalah, Le'yalfinon is because of the difference in the character of the two. Since Torah is something that's there, that's Nitzchi, something that's there, Le'doyris, and Kabbalah is only Lefi, the Shav, Hador, says, so you can't learn out something that's meant to be Le'doyris from Nevi'im, which is only a temporary thing. Now the Gemara says in Adarim, Dafchav Beizim Beiz, Il Malechat Yisrael, Lenitle Lehem Ella Chamisha Chomshet Torah V'Sefer Yeshua Belvad. Had Klal Yisrael not sinned, they would have only received Chamisha Chomshet Torah V'Sefer Yeshua, because Sefer Yeshua, the Gemara says, Archa Shalaretz Yisraelu. The reason why rest of the Nevuah was given was only for Musar, because they were Chayte. So from this Gemara, you see. That although Nevi'im is something that was only given it was a response to the Chatoim of that particular Dor, Sefer Yeshua is not included in that rule because it says had they not sinned, they would have still gotten Sefer Yeshua. So if we're right in our explanation as to why you cannot learn out Divrei Torah from Divrei Kabbalah, it's because Divrei Kabbalah is only given for that Dor, since we see in the Gemara Nedarim that Yeshua was not given specifically for that Dor, it was given Ledoiris, so it would make sense that the Klal of Divrei Torah and Divrei Kabbalah Yofinan doesn't apply to Sefer Yeshua. If that's true, although it's a very big Kiddush, it would be Miyashiv the Lavush. Because Lavush is saying that the difference between the Mandi Yomer that learns out Hefker Bez and Hefker from the Pasuk of Yachim Korachushu, which is a Pasuk in Sefer Nechemya, or the Mandi Yomer who learns out the Din of Hefker Bez and Hefker from Eila Nachlis, which is a Pasuk in Sefer Yeshua, the difference is whether it's Dairais or not. The Mandi Yomer learns it out from Sefer Yeshua, he says it's a Din Torah. So we said that the Kash on that is that it's in Sefer Yeshua. The answer is that something from Sefer Yeshua doesn't necessarily have to be seen as not a Dairaisa. It could be considered a Din Torah, since it's not covered by the rule of Divrei Torah and Divrei Kabbalah This actually would answer a lot of other questions, such as the Rishonim and the Dharm Davches, who seem to learn out the Din Dairaisa of Limit Torah from Vagisa Bayom Valaila, which is a Pasuk in Sefer Yeshua, and the Dinim of Moed B'Malchus, which you learn out from Psukim and Sefer Yeshua. But certainly to be Miyashiv the Levush, who's talking about Nachlis, which the Gemara says is Erechus Shalaretz that's the reason why we still have Sefer Yeshua, even had they not sinned, we could explain, I'll pee this Pshat. The Gemara continues, How do we know that we fight and we curse and we hit 
We even pull people's hair out and we force them to swear. This is a Pusik, again in Nehemia, where Nehemia wanted to make sure that people stopped their conduct of being married to non-Jewish women. And he took these measures to ensure that they would stop, they would discontinue this behavior and be makabal on themselves to act differently. Now, concerning the fact that he said that he made them swear, mashbi'inon, the Rambam Paskins in Perich of Dalid, Hilchasan Hedrin, Halacha Ches, Vachin Yesh Ladayin, Lasis Meriva, Im Haroy Loriv Imoy, that's the Natsinon, Lakaloy, Lakosiv, Litlish Sari, just like it says in our Gemara. Ula Hashbiya Belekim Baal Karchoy, Shaloy Yase, Oy Shaloy Osa, that he will not do in the future, and also we force him to swear that he didn't do. If he claims that he didn't, uh, marry a non-Jewish woman, we force him to swear that this is the case. So the Chazanishin Chashem Mishpat in Lekutim Simon Beis Ois Gimel asks, what is the point in forcing a person to make a Shvua? There is a rule in Shvuas, more in Shvuas, Davchavavmed Aleph brings down this halacha, that you need Ha'adam B'Shvua, which means that a person's never chayef for a Shvua if he made the Shvua under... Let's say a false impression. The Gemara over there in Shavuos is talking about Rav Ami and Rav Asi. Both of them heard something from Rav and they were arguing what it was that Rav said. And each one made a Shavuah that Rav said like him. Of course, one of them was wrong. But the Gemara says that it that was not considered a Shavuah Sheker because it was an Oynes. So certainly when somebody's being forced to make a Shavuah, he's not over the din of Shavuah. So what's the point in making the Shavuah? So the Chazanish answers that since a person is mitzvah not to do then Avera, like marry a non-Jewish woman, and we find that there is a concept of making a shvua lezeruze nafshe. The Gemara in Adarim Daf Chesamet Aleph talks about uh, the pasuk of Nishbati Vakayema, that David Amelech was nishba in order to to encourage himself to do mitzvahs, and even though he's mushba vayimersine, the shvua still takes effect. So whenever a person is making a shvua. To do the right thing, the shvua does take effect, and it's not called nidrei oinsin, even though he's being forced to make that shvua. And what it seems that the Chazanish is saying is that even though a person who is forced to do a shvua, he's forced to say the words, it's not considered a shvua, when that shvua is a shvua in order for him to do the right thing, to do a mitzvah, then even when he's forced, it is a shvua, because deep down the person wants to do the right thing. However, all this only helps for a shvua in the future. Now, the Rambam says more than that. He says that we make the person swear, Shaloi Yase, Oi Shaloi Asa, that he didn't do it in the past. As the Chazanish says, how could that make any sense? That's definitely not Lizruze Nafshe. He's not causing himself, he's not encouraging himself to do the right thing. He's just talking about the past. Therefore, the Chazanish says that there must be a Taisai from the Rambam. There's a printing error. And what it should say is, Sheyase o Sheloyase. Not Sheloyase or Sheloyasa. Rather, the Shvua that he makes is Sheyase, which means that he'll divorce her if he's married to her, or Sheloyase, that he won't marry the non Jewish woman in the future. The Gemara explains what Hardafa means. Hardafa says the Gemara of Yehuda Breder of Shmuel Bar Shilas Mishmei Derav Menadin LeAlter. We put him into a nidui right away. Vishoyin LeAchar Shloishim. We do that again after thirty days. Umachrimin LeAchar Shishim. Rebbe Yashiv asks in the Haaris printed from him on Ma'ikot. Why is it that we put him to nidui again? 
since he didn't do tshuva after the first time, the nidr doesn't go away. Even after 30 days, it doesn't go away. Because even when a person does do tshuva during the Lamed Yoim, there's a nidin in the Gemara, whether we're matter it right away, as soon as he does tshuva, or only after 30 days. But one thing's for sure, the nidr doesn't go away on its own. We have to be matter it. And since over here the person didn't do tshuva, there's no reason to be matter it. So why is it that we're putting into a nidr again? Answers Rebbe Yashiv that Enochanami mitzad the actual Hanhagas Adinim the fact that we treat him the way you treat a person who's in a nidui we don't have to place another nidui on him he's already in the din of a nidui and we're not going to be matter the nidui so we'll remain benidui. However, since the Gemara later on Dafyud Zayin Aleph says that when you make a nidui there's also a klala that's chal in the person's bones as of before the Gemara over there. So to make another nidoi means to add a klala. Klalas you could add, a klala ala klala. Now concerning the issue of klalas, the Minchas Chinuch says in Mitzvah Reish Lamed Aleph, that even though the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that Peheyamid Aleph, that if a person's Mekalal Arasha, he's Potter, because the Pasuk says, Vinasi Ba'amcha Loisar, and we darshan Ba'amcha, it has to be a person who is Oise Masay Amcha. That's what we dash him from the word Ba'amcha. He has to be somebody who acts like he's Me'amcha, like he is a Jew, and that means not a Russia. Nevertheless, that doesn't mean that it's not Usr. It is Usr. You're not Chayiv when you do it. And that's what it means many times when Chazal say Potter, it means Potter Aval Usr. And he even goes so far as to ask the Kasha, how was Elisha allowed to be Mekalal, the boys, in Melochim Beis, Perik Beis, since he maintains that there is an Isser to be Mekalal, even a Russia. The Marsha in Soitadap Memvavme Beis also maintains that there's an Isser to be Mekalal, a Russia, just, just like the Minchas Chinuch. In the Sefer Yisoyed Vishar Shavoyde, in Shara Kol Perik Zayin, he brings from a Medrash Hanelam that it's Usser to Davin for Rishayim that they should leave the world, that they should die. Because if Hashem would have taken Terech away from the world while he was being a lot of good things that came out of Terech would never have happened had he been removed from the world. However, the Chazinish in Sanhedrin, Simon Chav, Sifkat and Yud, says that if a person is over and over and in Avera for which it's mutter to put him into a nidoi for, then it's mutter to be mekalal him as well. And it brings a riot from our sugya. You see that we're actually mekalal the over Avera. And that was one of the things we said before, like Tinon, that we cursed them. And as we just said, that you were mekalal the person by adding a nidoi on him, you're most of klala al klala. And he brings various places in Shas where you see that the Amiraim were mekalal people who are over Avera. He even goes a step further and says that you can be Mekalel B'Shem. You can use Hashem's name just like Elisha was Mekalel, those boys, with Hashem's name. And the Chazanish explains that the reason why we find such a thing, that the Muram were Mekalel people in many places, is because it's a Chiyav to make sure that there's Kavad Torah and that people do not grow accustomed to being Mezazel in Tamir HaChachamim. In the Sefer Shefa Chaim as well, in the Mechtavim, in Chiluk Aleph, Mechtav Memhei, He's also in agreement to the Chazanish about this issue. However, he points out that the heter to be Mekalal, a Russia, is only true while he's still alive, not when he's dead already. Because while he's still alive, there's a Te'eles in being Mekalalims that people should stay away from him and he will not be able to convince people to do Averis and have a bad influence on others. But once he's dead and he cannot have an influence on other people then it's important to try to save his neshama as much as possible. And so one should not be mekal him then. 
That's why he said you should only say Yemach Shemoy by Amalek, where we have a Tzivoy, to be their name. So it comes out they have Machloikes between the Mechaschinuch and the Marsha, who hold that it's Usr to be Mekalal and Adam Russia, and the Chazanish and Shefachayim will hold that it's Mutter to be Mekalal and Adam Russia, Kozman, that he's alive. Now, Lefi, the Mechaschinuch and the Marsha, why is it that in our Sugya we find that Bezdin is allowed to be Mekalal and Adam Russia? So you have to say that that's only a function of Bezdin. Just like we find Bezdin is allowed to do other things. They're allowed to hit an individual for an Einish, even though we're not allowed to hit. It's an Isidar Isa to hit another Jew. So too, they're allowed to be Mekal if they see fit, because they have that control over people. The Gemara brings down a story. There was a certain butcher who was Mavaza Ravtuvi Bar Masna. Sabaya and Rava got together and they put him into a Nidui. Then this man went and he was Mephias Ravtuvi Bar Masna. What should we do? Should we be Matter the Nidui? It wasn't 30 days yet. But if we're not going to be matter, Kabo Rabban and Lameo. People want to go into his store and buy meat. So, Do you have any Kabbalah Legabi this story? Rashi explains what that means is that the same shoifer that was Menadahim is the shoifer that could be Matir, the Cheirim, as well. Tut is a Lashen that refers to the noise that the shoifer makes. Now, why is he using this Lashen? The Ran and the Me'iri explain because the whole reason why it's important not to be Matir Anidoy before 30 days are over is because of the Chshash that perhaps somebody will be aware of the Nidoy but not of the Heter. If it's not a publicized Heter, then people will know that this person is a Nidoy. They won't know that we were Matir the Nidoy. And when they see people not separating themselves from him and not being Noyeg with him the way you're supposed to when a person is in a Nidoy, they'll start being Mekel and the whole Indian of Nidoy because they'll see that it's not such a serious thing. Therefore, says our Gemara, if you use a shoifer to bring about the heter, then this, whoever was there and was able to hear the shoifer that put him into Enidoy will also hear the shoifer that's being matter him. If you're matter, are they a shoifer? Then you have the same publicity as when he was put into Enidoy. However, the Ritva disagrees with this. And he says that when it says tut aser tut shari, it is just a melitza ba'alma. Because he says we never use the shoifer when we're matir enidu. That's just not how it's done. And it's just a figure of speech. Just like we brought about the nidu with the shoifer. So we say tut aser tut shari, even though it's not a shoifer that's being used when you're matir the nidu. The Ritva then brings another pshat, b'shem the toisvis. And we do have this toisvis in Menachas Taflamadalan of Abayz. That tut aser tut shari is not referring to the noise that the shoifer makes. Rather, tut is another way of saying two, the number two. Just like we find by like the taitafos, by the tefillin. Rashi over there, Alatoyer and the Gemara Menachas brings down tat bekatvi shtayim. In the Lashen Katvi, the word tat means two. And so tut aser tut shari means a pair of Talmud HaChamim. We see over here that Abaya and Rava were a pair, a zug of Talmud HaChamim. Two Talmud HaChamim that were menadehim. So you can have a pair of Talmud HaChamim being matir the nidoy as well. The Gemara relates how one time Rebbe was geyser that one should not teach Talmidim publicly. You shouldn't teach Talmidim Beshuk 
My Dorish Hamuke Yerechayach Kumechaloim, my Yerech Beseser, Af Divertoira Beseser. Divertoira is something that requires being hidden on a certain level. Yotzer Rebchia Vishana Lishnebene Echav Bishuk. However, Rebchia, who was a Talmud of Rebbe, he went and he taught his two nephews in the Shuk, in a public place. And in the end of the story, Rebbe asks Rebchia, why is it that you went against my Psak? Rebchia tells him, because it says in the Pasuk, and they discuss how to dash in the Psukim. In the Shalos Tshuvas Marik, in the Tshuvas HaChadoshim, Simon Yud Beis, he uses this Gemara to show a very important Yisoyed. Over there he is writing against the Rabbanim that try to exert their authority over their Talmidim too much. He says this happens to the extent that people think that if somebody learned under a Rebbe when he was younger, he is always kafuf to the person and he cannot be chayluk on him in anything. And even if the Talmud becomes greater than the Rebbe, they think that the person is never allowed to be chayluk on his Rebbe. Says the Marik, even though it's true that he has to show covet to his Rebbe, he has to stand up for the Rebbe or tear Kriya after that Rebbe, but Bimili Deshmaya, if he thinks that his Rebbe is making a mistake in Advar Allah, then he has every right to be Khailuk on his Rebbe. And he brings a riot from our Sugya. Rebchia obviously felt that Rebbe was wrong with his Psak saying that you should not teach Torah publicly. And he had a different way of learning the Psukim from which Rebbe made his Rasha, even though Rebchia was clearly a Talmud of Rebbe's. Nishal Suchuvas Radvaz and Khiluk Aleph Simon Tov Tzadik Hey. He says that a person should not be chilek on his Rebbe. In other words, it shouldn't be in a way that he wants to win over his Rebbe. Rather, he should just present the rias in front of his Rebbe. And if he, his Rebbe accepts him, fine. If not, he should be quiet. He should not even say, Kach nirali. That wouldn't be Derech Eretz. And he's also not allowed to say to other people, My Rebbe is Matir, but I am Oyser. Also brings down the fact that we find many Talmidim that were Cholik on their Rebbeim. The Trumas Hadeshen in Simon Reish Lamed Ches also says that it's mutter for a Talmud to be Cholik al Rabbi if he has clear rias. And the Ramon, Yeridea, Simon Reish Men Beis, Siv Gimel, Paskins like this Trumas Hadeshen. However, the Shach over there in Sivkat and Gimel is Medayik from the Marik that we mentioned that this, this is only true if the Talmud became greater or equal to the Rebbe. Now, concerning the drasha that Rebbe made, that Torah it deserves a certain level of seser. You're supposed to hide Torah. It shouldn't be done publicly. We do find a reference to this lalacha as well. The Shulchan Aruch in Simon Reish Mem Vav in Yeridea, Sifchav Beis, he says, Anybody who is misyageya in his learning, Bitsina in a private place, he becomes a chacham. There's a very interesting tshuva from the Avni Nezer in Chilik Evan Ezer Simit Kuf Peites. Over there, he received a shaila from a very chashva person, and the Avni Nezer writes back in his tshuva, "Why did you send me your letter with divrei Torah in a mikhtav galui?" It was obviously something like a postcard, as opposed to sending him a letter in an envelope. After all, he says, you're sending Divrei Torah, and Divrei Torah is supposed to be done bitsina, And included in that, Avi Nezer obviously felt that you need to cover Divrei Torah when you send him in a letter. And even though he was aware that he didn't have money to spend on things such as, as an envelope, nevertheless, he brought a riot from Kvod Yomtif that we find in the Gemara that the Mila of Kavod Yomtif is greater than the Mila of being careful not to waste 
money of Klal Yisrael. So too, over here, we're dealing with the issue of Kavod HaToyra. Seser is a function of Kavod HaToyra. And therefore, you should spend money to make sure that it's covered and that it's not sent begaloi. In the Shal's Chuvah's Mishnah Lachis and Chilik Dalit Simen Chav Ches, he's actually asked about the minig of the Ragachavar who used to send Divrei Torah in a Michtav Galui, meaning in a postcard. It wasn't an, a letter that was inside an envelope. So, what does he do with the Avni Nezer's Psak? Writes the Mishnah Lachis that definitely even the Avni Nezer did not aser mitzad ha'alacha. He didn't feel that it was la'alacha aser to do such a thing. Because it's pasha that when, when Chazal say that divrei Torah tzrichem tzniyas and hastara, that only means that he shouldn't learn b'farhesya. Because of yuara, it's gaiva, or because of ayin hara, like the luchas rishonis, the Gemara says that they were only broken because they were given berash, as opposed to luchas shniyas, that they had a certain level of tzniyas, and therefore they remained... But to send Divrei Torah in a letter is not really included in this Isra because there's no chashash yuara, there's no gaiva involved, and there's no chashash of ayin hara. Befrat, he says that in the post office there's many letters that are placed together and nobody is reading this letter and that's not called farhesya. Befrat, and that Yisrael is not allowed to read somebody else's mail because there's a cherem de Rabbeinu Gershem who says that you're not allowed to read other people's mail. You see that he holds, by the way, that you're not allowed to read other people's mail, even if it's an open letter. So a Yid is not going to be reading this letter. A Nachri is, doesn't understand the Torah that you're writing anyway. So there's no problem. If it's a Yid, he's not allowed to read it. If it's a guy, he can't read it. So therefore he says that sending a Divrei Torah in an open letter is not a violation of this din that Divrei Torah needs to be done b'seser. And he says that there were many Ga'inim that you saw that were not makbed on this and you don't have to be choshish for the psak of the Avninezer. The Gemara uses the story about Reb Chia and Rebbe to prove that Nezifa of Chachmi Eretz Yisrael is supposed to be for the period of 30 days. Because Reb Chia was knowing with himself Nezifa for 30 days. And this is a kasha on what the Gemara said earlier, that Nezifa is only for 7 days. The Gemara answers, Nezifa nasi shiny. It's true that a regular Nezifa of a Chacham in Eretz Yisrael is for 7 days, but a Nasi like Rebbe is more Chamer. The Marsha asks that the whole Mikar that Nezifa is only for seven days was learnt out from the Maisa of Miriam, whose Tsaras was considered a Nezifa from Hashem. So how could it be that the Nezifa, which is the Hakpada of a Nasi, is more Chamer than the Nezifa Mishamayim? So the Marsha answers that that's why the Gemara, Anamad Aleph, was careful to say that this is only a Zecher Ladover. It's not a real Mikar. Because the real reason why Miriam was locked up for seven days was because of Thomas Saras and not because of Nazifa. Furthermore, there's a difference when the Nazifa was goyrim for the entire Klal Yisrael to be held back in the Midbar and therefore it had a special leniency. But a regular Nazifa from a Nasi could be more Chamer since it doesn't involve holding back all of Klal Yisrael. You have been listening to the Shurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a daf or masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.